WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, over the age of 18, get out. Get out, Aaron Cruz. Get out of my podcast. Apparently he is actually 18, but he don't look it, if anyone's seen I don't him. believe that. He's a child. Not buying it. He's a fuckboy. He's a fuck child. Actually, that's Ooh, probably not Don't say it. No, nope, we can't say that. Nope. nope. My apologies for that, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm not editing it out because this is raw, uncut, uncensored. Oh, yeah. Um, but not as stupid as that terrible first episode of Raw with that fat-ass comedian. Instead, you get this fat-ass comedian. This is the WrestleBlog podcast. I am Aaron Nix. I'm a professional wrestler. I'm a graphic designer. I'm an artist. I'm many, many things. But ultimately, I'm a man who wants to entertain you. But I can't do it alone. This is the State of Wrestling Address podcast. Every week, we discuss all of the wrestling news up to date as far as we know so if we've missed something apologies but there is a little bit of a time lag in terms of editing getting this stuff out there thank you very much of course to all our youtube subscribers now joining me is canada's finest and no better week to have a canadian wrestling fan on actually when we consider the news kyle wilkinson has returned to the podcast thanks for getting out of bed and joining us sir uh, it's been too long, but we've you know I've done a few things so far. The Royal Rumble, which has brought me back into wrestling just as a whole, because it's the road to WrestleMania, baby. And we've already hit a few bumps in the road on the way to WrestleMania, just Mate, on the wrestling the road in general. If you watch Raw, the car didn't even get started for the uh, uh, WrestleMania. I, I did actually. I actually had it on. I I've had it on in the background. I was just sitting here at the computer. It was, it was on. But yeah, I wasn't. I'll be honest. I wasn't paying that much attention. Boring, boring. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Raw is bore, ladies and gentlemen. Right, let's get into the news because ultimately, if you want to hear about what happened on Raw, SmackDown, and the like, you can check out our YouTube channel. That's where all the content is available. Very close to two hundred subscribers, which means. Free merch. Don't know why I'm rubbing my nipples, but free merch. Oh, suit you, sir. Anyway, so Lars Sullivan got released apparently quite a while back, but we may as well throw in our two cents. Lars Sullivan was released. This comes per Wrestling Inc. because we are blocked by PW Insider. I have no idea. Actually? Oh, shit. We are legit. (laughs) And I believe that has something to do with the fact that I called them out on their bullshit clickbait when they were insulting to Becky Lynch's pregnancy or something along those lines. I don't know where it is. I'm not going to dig out the tweet because ultimately I don't care, but somebody's obviously very sensitive over there. Uh, Lars Sullivan reportedly no-showed WWE TV tapings before he was released. As noted on Tuesday, it was revealed by Redacted that WWE quietly released Sullivan back in January sometime. Dave Meltzer, surprise, the big old tuna Meltzer noted on the 4wonline.com message board. Jesus Christ. How is it? Professional. <laughs> um, about as professional as us at this point. Uh, he pointed on this message board that at one point, WWE chairman and CEO really wanted to push Lars. 
But that changed over time. Lars reportedly no-showed WWE TV tapings before he was released, which was originally reported by Ringside News in December. There's no word on when Lars actually no-showed, but WWE was working a new storyline with him in late October and November before he disappeared from TV for the last time. You might remember that being around the draft period. That's when yeah. he was drafted. And yeah, and then he very quickly disappeared. Lars Sullivan, released by WWE. Not much of a loss, is it, if we're being honest? No, I'm kind of... Like, I don't want to say indifferent because anyone losing their job. But, like, it's unfortunate, especially right now. So, you know, hopefully he does find something. But honestly, it's not that big of a loss. Like you say, he was already sent to i don't know if it was like sensitivity training or whatever for his incredibly racist comments um there was i i don't know if it was actually like gay porn or whatever the hell people were going on about i didn't look too much into it allegedly he was involved in a gay pornographic movie which i don't personally have a problem with but of course it was very conflicting news because apparently he's a rampant homophobe and also a racist however i should point out a lot of these comments i have to say allegedly for law purposes we are uncut and uncensored but i'm not stupid um but at the same time a lot of these comments were made in the past and didn't seem to correlate with a more modern update i'm not saying that excuses it in any way absolutely you are culpable and you are representative of everything that you say from day to day regardless of whether it was 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago um but at the same time, even if you put all that aside, I don't think he really added much to the product. They've got a lot of giants in this company, better ones. You know, I know you're not a big fan of Braun Strowman, but ultimately, what can Lars Sullivan do that Braun Strowman can't? Not much. And Braun uh, Strowman's what? Another four inches tall in him. You've got Omas coming through with AJ Styles looking like a fantastic heavy hitter. There's a lot of big guys in this company. Drew McIntyre is your WWE champion. Roman Reigns is probably just as hench as Lars Sullivan. You know, there's a multitude of guys who can do the job better than he can. Hell, I'm six foot four and 350 pounds. If you need some weird looking freak to jump in and just show a few mental lapses and have some rampage episodes, I'll take a paycheck, Vince. Put me in, bro. I'll, I'll come out and deck the Lucha House pie once a Give week. Give him the hot tag. Yeah, give me the hot tag, Vince. Hot tag me. I know you. You don't need the money at this point. Just pay me, bro. Isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, I I don't care. Also, in other news, Steve Cutler was released. I believe that was earlier today. Uh, yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, WWE announced that they have released Steve Cutler. Cutler was called up to the main roster on SmackDown as a member of the Forgotten Sons in April of 2020 alongside Wesley Blake and Jackson Riker. The group was removed from television last June after a controversial tweet from Riker praising Donald Trump shortly after the killing of George Floyd. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's not always the content. Sometimes it's the timing. Uh, Cutler and Blake briefly returned to television last December as part of Baron Corbin's Knights of the Lone Wolf faction, which I really would have liked to have seen push more, actually. I thought it was a good idea, Um, but hadn't been used lately. Uh, WWE has come to terms on the release of Steve Cutler. We wish him all the best in his future endeavours. Yeah, uh, how long until Blake gets the hoof? (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) If he hasn't already. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, anyone that gets released, they have that 90-day no-compete clause, so he's going to be doing whatever for the next three months again hopefully he gets something shows up somewhere um i honestly wasn't too into the forgotten sons when they were in nxt when they got called up i uh forgot about them immediately what's cleve stutler doing in the dynamite zone (laughs) (laughs) the dynamite zone yeah Yeah. i mean it should be the blast zone shouldn't it really yeah it's 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 another whatever thing. Like I don't even remember if he was super talented because I just don't remember the guy. He was. They were called the Forgotten Sons, and so he I, was so I, immemorable. 
He was, yeah, that's the problem. Again, he was a good worker, but ultimately, being far be it from me to tell people what they should and shouldn't like and what the business is all about because I'm just a fucking noob myself. But ultimately, one thing I will say is that you kind of have to stand out. And at no point did I ever think, God, that cutler's good, isn't he? <laughs> you know, that's why these people get repackaged into big groups. For instance, Shane Fawn, Aaron Cruz's lover. Um, he ultimately is boring. So he was repackaged into the retribution angle. And now he's old slap nuts or slapjack or whatever you want to call him. And you know, Jack slapper, Jack slapper. I don't care. And nor should most people watching. And don't get me wrong. I hope that Steve finds a decent job. It's tough. And I know people are going to go on social media and say, Oh, how can you release someone during a pandemic? Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, but it's not a charity. It is a business ultimately. And if they haven't got anything for you, you know, it makes no sense. Now, obviously, the releases that happened earlier on last year when the pandemic first hit, that was something diff more difficult. As I said earlier, timing. Ultimately, that was down to poor timing. She thought, how can you release people in the middle of a pandemic? But if you look, actually, at the majority of people who were released by then, they found their feet and landed themselves in pretty cushy little numbers elsewhere, or they've been rehired by the company because they were temporary furloughs. So... <laughs> You know, I'm not going to defend WWE, and I certainly took Vince and WWE to task on this podcast a year ago when they did all these releases, but I'm not going to cry a river for Lars Sullivan, although I would like to see him at least have a half-decent life. I don't want him to be fucking homeless and shat on. You know, social media is just such a fucking cancerous court of a public opinion. But, you know, same with Steve Cutler. You know, obviously, he's a different kind of situation, um, just as a very quick side note before we move on, what do you think about the fact that Jackson Riker's still on TV? You know, he's the one who came out with a tweet which essentially completely derailed them when they actually looked like they were going to have a half-decent push and they were going to go at it with the New Day. Uh, he's the only one who seems to be doing anything, despite being, you know, shall we say, an ill-advised political opinionist. And here he is alongside... Um, what's his name? Elias. That's it. That other scrub on Raw. But he's still got a job. It just goes to show how much, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they gave up on Elias because that he's just an anchor weighing Elias down. Not that Elias was, you know, afloat anyway. Yeah. I mean, I used to I'm like Elias. I thought, oh, not I thought Elias very boring. Yeah, I thought the walk with Elias thing when it first started was pretty good, but he then he turned babyface and it was incredibly bland. His WrestleMania match with Corbin, I didn't give two shits about. And then he was hurt and gone for whatever, and then comes back, and now he has Riker. And I'm like, you made an album, dude. Good for you. Maybe you should go do music full time because this is uh, this doesn't seem like the place for you. Excuse me. I'll tell you what, Kyle Wilkinson, you should be the master of the segue because I'm glad you announced uh, music because I want to discuss Bad Bunny. That's a very bad bunny. Bad bunny. So, um, yeah. Performance wasn't great, was it? Let's be fair. And uh, I'm going to go on record right here, right now, and I'm sure it'll upset everybody who believes themselves to be above everyone else when it comes to opinions and music. But Cypress Hill would shit all over this geezer and arguably one of the greatest Latin acts of all time. I'm just saying. Uh, that being said, Bad Bunny earning big money from his WWE merchandise. You might have noticed that WWE have been selling some merchandise for him. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Kyle's face says it all. It's actually not terrible, to be fair. I think it speaks volumes about their merchandising campaigns that this guy who has nothing to do with wrestling and has only just come in to, you know, admittedly help bolster, you know, 
the opinions and also the identity of the company because he is a huge star whether i'm a big fan or not um it's ironic that he has better merch than pretty much all the wrestlers Rapper yeah. Bad Bunny is bringing in big money on WWE Shop. It's no secret that WWE is working with the Grammy-winning artist because of his massive reach with a younger demographic, especially within the Latin market, which, to be fair, is a good get. Uh, WWE Shop released a line of Bad Bunny merch to celebrate his performance at Sunday's Royal Rumble pay-per-view, and now it's being revealed that the collection is performing better than any of the WWE superstar items. Uh, Licensed Global reports that a limited edition Bad Bunny WWE Shop collaboration is currently the best-selling WWE merchandise of 2021 so far. He's early doors, to be fair. Yeah, it's been a month, but I mean, that's I mean, good for him, I guess. Yeah, the Bad Bunny line on WWE Shop currently features a $30 18 by 24 poster, a... $25 youth t-shirt, a $27.99 women's t-shirt, a $27.99 unisex t-shirt, and a $40 full zip hoodie. $40 for a hoodie in this economy? <laughs> I'm going to get my old man spectacles on for this, but uh, as we've noted, Bad Bunny was training in the ring at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando earlier this week. Following his appearances at the Royal Rumble and Raw, it's believed that he would eventually make his in-ring debut potentially at WrestleMania 37. Stay tuned for more on WWE and Bad Bunny. So his merch selling doesn't surprise me. And of course, all the fucking music marks. Are be like, so that proves it. It was like, well, ultimately, a casual fan is going to buy that. Of course, they're going to. If you're a Bad Bunny fan, you're going to buy that. How many Kevin Owens fans in comparison to Bad Bunny fans are there? Like, it's not even, it's not a competition, is it? Kevin Owens would get slaughtered. Even though Kevin Owens is clearly far, far better at his job, especially when it comes to live performances. I'm just saying, um, Cypress Hill, mate, Cypress Hill for life. <laughs> I'm just, and I've seen them live and they're fucking incredible and they sing and rap better than he ever will. I'm just putting it out there, man. It's just an opinion. Don't get upset, internet. Um, Bad Bunny at WrestleMania 37. What do you think? Do you want to see Bad well, Bunny I, wrestling? I imagine it'll be him and Damian Priest against Biz and Morrison. Cut your fucking hair. Um, yeah, the fucking little th- no, that's stupid. But I mean, if he's willing to go through the training and shit, I'll give him a shot. I I used to hate when celebrities got involved. You go back to like 2001 when Drew Carey was in the Royal Rumble. You look back on it now, <laughs> it's pop, hilarious. I popped in, but I was only 16. But I, I would have been glued ten. in on the business as much. I was yeah. still as mark as you could get for someone of that age. And also, the internet wasn't spoiling everything for me on a daily basis. Like, you look at that and, like, I mean, I guess that's an okay kind of involvement, but I don't know. Maybe go to John Stewart. I, I didn't like that. That was a little, because it's not like John Stewart's going to take a bump. What about your boy, Stephen Amell? That's, that's where I was going to the other side of it. Like, that's, he's done some really good stuff, I think. You know, his match at, was it SummerSlam 2015 or 16? The year that they brought back King of the Ring, King Barrett. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and like Stephen Amell's in the ring now. There's a forget about it. There, there's a picture of Stephen Amell with CM Punk in a wrestling ring that came out last week. I mean, I don't care about Punk, but that's still. I mean, that's cool that Amell's still doing this. <laughs> I mean, fuck Stephen Amell came out with Cody when uh, when he had his match with MJF, like it is little fucking group of boys. That was cool. I'm so some celebrity involved. He wrestled. Uh, was I think it was a. Uh, it wasn't all in. It was all out, wasn't it? When he yeah, wrestled Christian Christian Daniels. Daniels. Good man. And Christopher Daniels is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping. Who I've trained on and off for two years. I can have a match as good as that. 
just saying. And, I mean, and I'm hoping that like got an advantage on me in terms of look and body. But, <laughs> you know. Well, you got to remember, Stephen Mill did all his own stuff at Arrow too. Like he's, I mean, he's a legitimate athlete coming into it, and that's ultimately why he got an opportunity because he's a guy who takes himself, you know, he took the business seriously, and I respect that. Um, I think th- what makes me laugh is the people who shit on it are the um, the celebrity. Like I don't, I love the fact that Bad Bunny. Is part of WWE's branding and stuff. I just don't want to see him perform live if it's going to be that crap, especially if Booker T's just going to stand there for three minutes like that. Like, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> what's the point? Although Booker T looking jacked, black, never oh. cracks on. Man, you look so good. So good. I am not going to look that good at that age. I can tell you that much. Um, but yeah, ultimately, what pisses me off about it is how fans use it as another opportunity to be toxic on social media. Oh, you don't know who Bad Bunny is because you're a fat piece of shit who only listens to Limp Biscuit. First of all, I'm a fat piece of shit that listens to a lot of music. I have not listened to Limp Biscuit regularly since they dropped uh, Chocolate Starfish and Hot Dog Flavor War. So up yours. <laughs> but ultimately, you can shit on things like Limp Biscuit and they're like, oh, they only listen to new metal. And oh, I saw someone slagging off Alter Bridge. I was like, that is unacceptable. You watch your whole mouth. Like, I love Alter Bridge. And no, don't you amazing. dare make fun of Creed with a new lead singer. Don't yeah, you fucking do wait, it. I, I did yeah, none of that. None of that. <laughs> but ultimately, I, I mean, Creed's a bit of a guilty pleasure. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Creed. I love Alter Bridge. Uh, oh, but, I also, but I also love rap. Like I say, I went to see Cypress Hill. I've seen Watch mm-hmm. the Throne live. Like, you know, I fucking love so many different artists. And this ignorance actually spans both ways. If you're going to sit there and say, oh, fucking people don't like Bad Bunny because they're all white and fat wrestling fans. Well, actually, I'm mixed race and I'm fat and I'm a wrestling fan and a wrestler. But also, I find that fucking offensive. I find that insulting. And ultimately, it doesn't fucking matter. And I'll get over it, which is what most people should do when they're offended. But it does annoy me when these people are like, yeah, well, that's because you're white and trash or whatever it is you're not black so you don't like rap it's like no actually i fucking love rap i fucking love a lot of rap music hip-hop music i love fucking jazz i like opera I like all kinds of different shit so fuck off putting me in a bracket just because it suits your narrative that's just as racist as working the other way it's all the fucking same bullshit conjecture grow up uh bad bunny wrestling like you say it's got to be a tag match and you can't put him out there by himself absolutely no, God, no. um Right now, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, nah, you're all right. Not because he won't draw enough. Do you know what? Find someone else for the kid to do. Make him a manager. You know, make him a valet or something. He's obviously a good talker, not on Raw, from what I saw, because I thought that segment was trash. I mean, for a guy who's supposed to be oozing machismo and Latin charisma, you sucked. <laughs> just saying. I can see really nervous. He, hey? Yeah, he seemed just like really nervous on camera, which is weird yeah, for, you that's know. That's fine uh, too. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't no, come out you, and act as if you're some sort of gangster, innit? Wearing a bulletproof vest and all this shit. Like, you know, it, play up to who you are, if that's what you're going to do. I have no problem with him being on a product. Put him on commentary if you need to. Put him, like, you know, guest ring announcer. Have as a manager or a valet. But if he can't work and he can't prove himself to work at a certain degree, no, he shouldn't be in the fucking ring absolutely fucking not you can slag you know people are going to use this as an excuse to say yeah well Stephen Amell was in it yeah have you seen Stephen Amell shredded <laughs> he's a beautiful man and he works so hard and he can bump and he could sell his ass off no offense I've not seen anything about Bunny he looks like he weighs literally as much as a bunny I'm sorry but there's nothing physically impressive about him at all and obviously I would expect the Miz and Morrison to whip his fucking ass in a fight <laughs> because they actually particularly Morrison 
uh, a little bit less maybe in terms of the Miz, especially right now. But still, these are two very capable guys who have been wrestling for decades. Why am I supposed to believe at any point that this idiot should be able to even fucking comprehend the idea of a fight with these guys? Not really. Not unless he's going to shank them. And ideally, that's probably not a good thing for TV either. Although, if they're on impact, probably could get away with it because they do a lot of shady shit in terms of murder and stuff, isn't it? Just saying impact. Fucking hell. Their PR department must have a great time. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately... It is what it is, but I think you're right in terms of the opponents. If I had to put him in a wrestling match, I can't think of anywhere else I'd put him. Maybe it's not like Miz and Morrison are doing anything. Put him in a WLC match. <laughs> not though. I mean, do you recall when we were watching the Rubble and he like climbed up at the top rope? The yeah, fuck slipped. Yeah, he almost slipped just jumping from the top turnbuckle. Yeah. Like, oh, if, by the I way, know... people were using that as an excuse to, yeah, because it's fucking, yeah, I know. I've got up to the top rope and shock horror all six foot four, 350 pounds of me didn't like being on the top rope because I'm not a high flyer. I drop a mean elbow from the second rope. That's about as good as you're going to get from me when it comes to high level, high octane athleticism. A young buck, I certainly am not. I'm more of a Lance Archer, if I'm being honest. Um, but ultimately, if I had to really relate to somebody, I'd actually probably say Kevin Owens is the guy I'd really like to aspire to look like and be like in terms of wrestling. Um, but ultimately... I don't care if it's difficult. Don't fucking get up there. That's not how this works. If you don't know how to do it properly, shouldn't be up there. And literally, if he'd slipped just a little bit more, he could have severely injured himself. And then WWE is going to have one whopper issue on their hands, even if he signed a fucking release clause. Because ultimately, you're going to have the world's number one Latin American artist right now <laughs> on a stretcher, possibly paralyzed or whatever might have happened or broken bones. And then all of a sudden, people were like, yeah, well, fucking, you know, it, wrestling is always going to be at a loss here because ultimately nobody fucking cares about wrestling in comparison to the real world, particularly when you come to the entertainment format that is music and television. So ultimately, these people are going to look at that and say, well, this is clearly WWE's fault. They're clearly negligent. Not look at this dumb rapper getting up on the top rope and fucking almost necking himself. Think yourself lucky that the Miz and Morrison were right underneath you and looking after you. The only thing I will say is at least he sold it. Got mad props for that. Always appreciate a sell, irregardless of who you are. But I'm bored. I'm bored of talking about bad money. Um, I want to talk about Paige Van Zandt, who ultimately is a lot, lot better to look at in every sense. And not just because bad bunny is an ugly man. I don't think he is, but... Again, Cypress Hill, mate. Much better looking as well. Uh, Paige Van Zandt has revealed that she has had WWE talks and had a visit to the WWE Performance Center. For those who don't know who Paige Van Zandt is, um, ridiculously attractive MMA fighter, worked in the UFC, is now currently working for a bare-knuckle boxing company. I think the biggest one in the world, as far as I know, and will be making her debut tonight, tomorrow, uh, well, basically Friday night, on the 5th, you'll probably be watching this after that, but whatever. Um, check her out. Uh, also, she has a very exciting Instagram for you young men who are looking to still find yourselves. <laughs> uh, former UFC fighter Paige Van Zandt has had talks with WWE and even visited the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. She also is interested in a potential career in professional wrestling. Makes sense, really. Uh, Van Zandt, who has been rumoured for a WWE run over the years, recently spoke with Chris Van Vallee, who obviously people will know, uh, for his Insight podcast. He's a guy who he's kind of like the male Alicia Ratu in many ways, although obviously shout out to Alicia Ratu who's on this podcast. Um, Paige revealed that she has had talks with WWE and visited the Performance Center, blah, 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 blah. Um, she was asked if she had any interest 
in working for WWE? She said, I do. I get asked about WWE a lot, and I do feel like it's something I would be very good at because I kind of have the best of both worlds, she said. I was a dancer where I used to, where I was used to the entertainment and the showmanship side of it, and the combat sports side obviously goes into the WWE. You know, I don't think that it's something that I could... I don't think that that... I don't think that it's something that I could do both at the same time, bare knuckle FC and pro wrestling, which is understandable. Um, if you see guys like Jake Hager, for instance, Bobby Lashley, very fleeting MMA careers just because of the demands that wrestling has, not only on the body, but also the time frame. Um, but she says, I feel like I would want to do that 100%. So maybe it's something that after I'm done fighting in a cage and in a ring, then maybe I'll go over to there. But the door is definitely open. Patreon Zan in WWE, pretty much... Uh, in the same mold of Ronda Rousey, she looks like she's got all the tools. She's fucking stunning. She's a specimen physically. She can whip a lot of people's asses, of course. Um, she doesn't quite have the pull or the draw that Ronda Rousey did, because ultimately Ronda Rousey was the very best women's fighter in the world for a large period of time. Paige Van Zandt can't really ever claim to be that. Um, I can't remember if it's strawweight, featherweight, somewhere around that division. Um, I have watched some of her fights. She's really capable. She's obviously a good fighter. She definitely had me my ass. Um, but ultimately, at the same time, she still has quite a big draw, especially on social media. And she's redonkulously fit, which... Sorry, it's not me being subjective. That's ultimately, or subjugating her, should I say. That's just the facts. And if you're very, very stunning, but also a world-class athlete, you're going to make some money, especially in WWE. Yeah, especially under Vince's umbrella. Like, I've, I haven't followed UFC in years, so I've never seen any of her fights. But, I mean, we've seen plenty of, you know, crossovers from MMA to professional wrestling. Mm. Uh, you know, Brock started as a wrestler, went to MMA, came back, incorporates a lot of that. I mean, Taker back in the day, he's always been a big MMA fan and uses a lot of MMA style. Like, you know, his strike stuff still has, or still had the best looking strikes in WWE yeah. until, you know, his So Wanda Rousey came in. Yeah. Wanda Rousey until... strikes actually were amazing, probably because she was legitimately just lighting up Stephanie's baby maker. But, you know, nonetheless, I, I, I love Ronda Rousey. I See, I don't discredit the appeal of a mainstream athlete or anyone in the mainstream whatsoever, even someone like Bad Bunny. I know that they have a use in this company, and particularly when it comes to merchandise and marketing. Paige Van Zandt is the kind of where she's got millions of followers on Instagram because just look at it and you'll know why <laughs> like you know and ultimately she's a really lovely human being she's really likable you know her and her husband who would actually make a really good thing i'm still waiting for my boy travis brown my fucking doppelganger to turn up in wwe i want me some travis brown mate. i want to see him wallop braun's ass i reckon that'd be fucking sick to see those guys are proper hulking units of men but i would love to see her in there i'd also love to see conor mcgregor <laughs> I would, I think Conor McGregor, especially Conor McGregor, because Conor McGregor won't hold his tongue. You know he'll say something I've seen on the mic and upset so many people, and I'll be there for that content. And it might upset people, but I'll tell you what, it will draw a lot of viewership, a lot of viewership. Imagine if Roman Reigns gets squared up to by Conor McGregor. Ultimately, Roman Reigns would probably squash him given the opportunity, obviously, if he got the first hit in. I mean, Conor McGregor, I'm not going to discount the fact that he could probably hit someone real hard, particularly if they're an old man who tries to steal his pint in a pub. Um, just saying, allegedly. Um, allegedly, even though there's footage of it. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, imagine that. Imagine the level of... It would very much feel like the modern-day Tyson Austin for me. 
and I'd like to see it. But yeah, Paige Van Zandt, she's beautiful, she's talented. I'd love to see it. And I also think that she could play the more plucky, happy-go-lucky face version of Ronda Rousey. Because Ronda Rousey initially tried to come in and was like, I'm Ronda Rousey, I'm a nice person. You know, I don't like Stephanie. I hate her just as much as you guys do. But then, of course, you know, especially uh, women's WWE fans, but ultimately anyone who was a fan of women's wrestling, they kind of got hold of that and were like, how dare you just come in and get a push? It was like, well, you can't put her in the undercard, can you? (laughs) On the WrestleMania kickoff show, we've got Ronda Rousey versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> no, you put them where the money is, the draw. And also, find me somebody who has come in and had a better debut. Because that debut against Triple H and Stephanie with Kurt Angle as a tag team partner, not only was all the build-up gold, but the fucking quality of the match was actually brilliant. And they went like a good 20 minutes, half an it was hour. The, it was the best match on the card. Um, did you hear the... Apart from- Blowed when she squared up to Triple H and started fucking getting ready to fight. Holy shit. The stadium was like, oh my God, she's going to cook his ass. People were losing their minds because, hate to break it to you, lads, a lot of women can actually kick men's asses. That might be. What? I am invincible. <laughs> what? I have a penis. Therefore, anything <laughs> with a vagina surely could not represent me in a fight. Yeah. Shark horror. I've had my ass handed to me by women at wrestling training. Shout out Astrid the Viking, you fucking sexual beast. Um, she'll whoop my ass, and I'm proud of it too. Why not? I think that's fucking cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm here for that kind of content, and also she just she's fresh and she's exciting, and it's almost like a kind of you know a ready-made thing isn't it instead of having to build up a diamond from the rough which is good as well from nxt i'm not going to discredit the fact that you could give this woman a lot of time um and she could just almost come in and just kind of leap over many of the hurdles that would be presented for an issue and obviously that's the argument people are going to say why should she do that why shouldn't she ufc fight mma obviously she needs to get into a ring and train with the very best look at the amazing plethora of women in nxt alone who wouldn't want to see Paige Van Zandt versus a heel Rhea Ripley? Or even Paige Van Zandt having to turn heel to take on Rhea Ripley because Rhea Ripley's like, what are you doing on my turf? This is my fucking house, not yours. That's That's got money written all over it. Never, ever, ever, ever look a gift horse in the face. I'm not saying Paige Van Zandt looks like a horse because she's well fit in it. Um... Speaking of money, WWE reported record financial results for 2020. Now, a lot. No way. I know, right? Shock horror. (laughs) This is your opportunity to have a go at Vinnie (laughs) Mac. Um, So, WWE has announced their fourth quarter and full year 2020 financial results. I won't go into it for too long because I appreciate nobody's listening to this for numbers. Uh, Noting that the company achieved record results for the year. Uh, while quarter four revenue was down 26% to just 238.2 million. What just, wow. Just <laughs> overall revenue for the year was at $974.2 million, which represents an increase of 1%. 1%! i tell you what, we'd all like 1% of 974 million, wouldn't we, ladies and gentlemen? We'd all be very happy with that. Um, WWE Chairman and CEO Vince McMahon touted how WWE has continued to produce live content in new ways and the COVID-19 pandemic, and I quote, during the fourth quarter, quarter, during the fourth quarter, excuse me, we continue to produce live content in new ways, which successfully increased audience interaction and engagement, said Vince. As we continue to adapt our business to the changing media environment, we completed an important agreement to license WWE Network content to Peacock. The reason we haven't covered this as a main story is because it was a couple of weeks ago and I felt like I 
everyone knows by now, but ultimately Peacock has bought the WWE Network. Um, an important agreement to license WWE Network content to Peacock, which we expect will expand the reach of our brands and enhance the value of our content. It was also noted that WWE officials expect restrictions related to the COVID-19 spread, specifically the cancellation, postponement, or reduced capacity of ticketed live events to continue at least through the first half of this year. So basically, WWE is doing very well financially. So sorry if you love Tony Khan that much. Doesn't look like WWE is going to get the hoof just yet. Um, obviously, just quickly tied in with that, like I said, Peacock, which I believe owns NBC. and is uh, NBCU owns Peacock. Oh, okay. NBC owns Peacock. So basically, it'll be under the NBC umbrella. But... I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's like... It's not as easy as this company owns this and that's it. It's a this company and then outsources it to different companies and so on. So it's like a pyramid, basically. You get, imagine a pyramid. There's NBC, pyramid scheme. And there's Peacock, and then there's all these little companies and whatever. And obviously, WWE Network will go right in there underneath Peacock. Um, essentially, they're gonna they sold it for I think a billion dollars, and the idea is that it's gonna fall under their umbrella of streaming and television services, and of course, they have access to millions tens of millions more than wwe has and i think the hope is that that's going to bring and drive a lot more in terms of volume of people towards their product so if you factor that in if that is going to be the case as they hope and you factor in the fact that they've made a one percent increase on their financial profits over a year especially in a year where there's been no ticketing really there's been no fans as there since what march of last year so <laughs> You know, if you factor all that in, if fans come back in, especially in their droves, and you've got to think there's going to be a fair amount of hunger to get out there and really see some live events and stuff, people are going to be excited to watch live wrestling, regardless of what it is. It looks like WWE is actually in a really strong position. And that's not me saying that as a WWE fanboy. That's just me assessing the facts that are in front of me. Uh, WWE making a lot of money and also the Peacock deal. Any thoughts, mate? Um, I'll go to Peacock first. As far as I know, this is just in the U.S., so I don't think it's going to affect. Like it won't Very affect clever. me. I'll still be able to affect the WWE Network through my cable provider, which is good. It's honestly the only reason my mom keeps cable around is because I watch that. Um, but I mean, you know, whatever. NBC has such a huge reach. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're the national broadcasting company. There, I think they're available in all 50 states, yeah. which just opens up the market so much like and it's going to be half the price as well in so the long run yeah yeah in the long run obviously it'll take it's going to take time to transition to that but eventually you're going to be able to get the network for five dollars and chances are they'll probably tie in with everything else that they afford as well a bit like a kind of hulu package or i think mm -hmm. over there as well you have like um you get disney plus but you also get espn plus and stuff like that tied in yeah. or at least in america they do obviously you're part of the commonwealth sir so uh you know you retain a certain amount of pride for being under the united kingdom's banner uh, i'm not a nationalist by any chance by so you know, please do not fucking light up my comments with abuse because I could not care less about that bullshit. But ultimately, um, I, I'm sorry, I cannot see how this is a bad thing. And I love how people are taken to the internet. <gasps> They're going to sell the network. They're fucked. They're fucked. Vince is just making as much money as he can before he dies. Like, actually, no. And if they even get a small percentage of the slice of audience that they could potentially achieve from working through Peacock, holy shit, they're going to have a lot of people watching their product. They really are. Yeah. For the record, Vince is in better shape than most of the people complain that he's going to die soon anyway. Just got to throw that out there. Yeah, he is in his mid-70s. 
Like, <laughs> and and he could still crush my head between his arms. I thought you were going to say he's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but then, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's a free world. It's an open world. People can do whatever they wish. And if you want to be crushed by Mini Max, fine. So I thought I understand. Watch out uh, for them grapefruits, mate. That's all I'm going to say. I reckon his grapefruits will get you before his thighs do. To be fair, I bet he's. Ne- I think that's why he walks the way he does because he can't actually close his legs for the size of his grapefruits. Um, oh, I'd very much like to ask him that personally. That's that's how the strut started in like nine. You know yeah, Vince McMahon on a podcast. Do you think we should get him back on? <laughs> I mean, there's so many questions we could ask. Mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get a suit in on for that. <laughs> yeah. Especially now we're doing it on YouTube. So, oh, that means I'm gonna have to have a shave as well. Terrifying. I look I like looking like a Swedish mountain climber. <laughs> a fat yeah, one, my, but albeit my, a Swedish one. Coming back slowly but surely. You are actually you're looking quite dapper, quite handsome at the moment. If we can just uh, verge onto the man crush, but yeah, any any other thoughts on that, mate? No, I mean the peacock stuff is what it is. But going to like the whole financial year, I mean, of course they made a lot of money. Like you do have to reference the fact that they did let go like 50, 60 people. So that's depending on the varying amounts of they were making. That's saving some. They're saving some by not producing house shows, but still you know, network subscribers, merch sales, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So they were bound mm. to make money. But they are also, to be fair, losing a lot of revenue in other places. You yeah, know, ex- on-site, exactly. on-site merchandise, on-site ticket sales, fan interactions mm-hmm. like access and things like that. So actually, when you factor in, like for instance, um, I know it's not technically on the same level anymore, but WrestleMania 17 drew $60 million in profit for the company alone just that one night. You know, over uh, and now that was admittedly over a million pay-per-view buys. I imagine that they probably make more money now from things like streaming revenue and stuff like that. And obviously, their streaming would have gone up tenfold as well. Like, this is what makes me laugh when people are like, "Yeah, AEW is coming from." It's like, dude, like <laughs> Bad Bunny's. Like, you know, people were saying like, you know, this is the impact of Bad Bunny. His YouTube video is like what? It's three, four hundred million views of him literally just jumping off the top rope for ten seconds. Like, that's the reach WWE has, and also. I love the ignorance of it. It's the world, okay? It's a universe. That's what WWE claims to be. In Britain alone, the amount of people... Think about in India. I think it's like 24 million people watch WWE programming in India alone. And people are going to say, well, yeah, because there's a billion people over there. And also, I'd just like to point out to them cunts, okay? India is a really impoverished country. So the fact that 24 million people in a country of that kind of magnitude and that kind of degradation in places, the fact that they can tune in and find WWE and watch it so passionately speaks volumes. And don't forget, WWE NXT UK, NXT Japan will be taking place as soon. I imagine once COVID's gone, NXT Japan will kick in. NXT India will kick in. They have an international reach that AEW, frankly, has no chance of gaining because WWE has already stuck their claws in everywhere they need to go. It That's is funny. what it is. WWE has Bad Bunny. AEW has Shaq. Ooh. I mean, actually, I think Shaq is a bigger celebrity. Yeah, I'll say that. Oh, they got Snoop Dogg as well. By the way, Cody Rhodes' new music sucks, doesn't it? It's not good. By the way, I mate, Sasha Banks got it first. So you're just playing back up to Sasha Banks, Cody. Sorry, mate. And I like AEW. Not all of it. <laughs> I mean, I, I still think Pac is the best wrestler in the world. Push this motherfucker for the love of Christ, or I swear to God, I'll kill you. Uh, just, I swear to God, if within a year, Pac hasn't got a sniff of the world title again, bollocks to you. I, at some point, we have to question that. Let's talk about international relations in wrestling, shall we, Mr. Wilkinson? Let's talk about your borders. 
this is our final major news. Um, uh, this is our final major point of newsworthy topic, I suppose, or discussion. Canadian independent wrestling issues. Uh, they want people to talk about them. They want people to recognize them. I've got no problem doing that because I have a lot of love and respect for a lot of these people. And I know you do, especially being such a huge fan of Destiny that you are. And I'm a huge fan of Destiny as well. And I've streamed some of their stuff and I love it. And frankly, I've got all the time in the world for our Canadian brethren. And also, let's not forget, Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time. So Canada, you have my money for life. So well, your money's worth a lot more than our money. <laughs> it's called the loony i'm just gonna say trust me mate our fucking money is going down the tip as well <laughs> do not do not put any money in british stocks and shares right <laughs> i'm just saying boris johnson is gonna fucking run this country into the ground gabrielle fuetz uh, i don't know how well you know this individual um he had plenty to say about the canadian independence scene uh, and we'll get into things after this, but I'm going to read the quotations of the stuff that's here in front of me. So feel free to skip a bit. There will be timestamps obviously available if you need to jump to where you want to hear us talking about things. Uh, he put out a tweet. He said, don't talk down to us. We don't need motivation. We need a chance. And he wrote this. I am ferociously proud of Canadian wrestling. We have one of the best scenes in the entire world with one tenth of the exposure at best. If you don't know, Canada is home to some of the absolute best wrestlers in the world, like Josh Alexander, Ethan Page, and Mike Bailey. We have creative powerhouses like Vaughn Vertigo, great name, and Holden Albright. We have natural phenoms like Mark Wheeler, Judas Icarus, and Brent Banks, high flyers like Aiden Prince, technical wizards like Tyson Dukes. We have powerhouses like Tyler Colton and Jesse V, fantastic women's wrestlers like Alexia Nicole, Jodie Frett, and Addie Starr, who I've actually seen. She's fucking fantastic. I love Addie Starr. Uh, tag teams like TDT, Space Pirates, and the Dark Order. <laughs> I, I really like the idea that they're a combination of the two. <laughs> it's actually Space Pirates space and pirates? the Dark Order. <laughs> space Pirates are actually phenomenal. I saw them at A oh A one wrestling by video game of the Space Pirates <laughs> and the Dark Order. That's money. I want that right now. I'll pay money for that, boys. In fact, I'm a graphic designer. Please let me do your match. I have so many great ideas. Uh, yeah, I know that they're two separate entities, obviously. Um, yeah, he also says charismatic supernovas like RJC, who's fantastic. Uh, great tweet again there, boy. Mike Rollins, no relation, by the way. And Pretty Ricky. We have big men like John Greed. That he sounds big. <laughs> and that he's just scratching the surface. We have talented referees, passionate promoters. We bust our asses just to tiptoe over the border to get a little bit of the exposure that Americans take for granted. Take a breath. It goes on, of course. Now, I was expecting this gorgeous man to have his say, and he did. Joshua Alexander with his follow-up. He said, yes, if you want something bad enough, regardless of circumstances or roadblocks, you'll work your ass off and persevere. While stuck in Canada, I worked harder and made myself the biggest name in Canadian indie wrestling. These True. are facts. <laughs> I main evented the biggest shows against active wrestlers for WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact, and more. Guess what? I still sat around for four years waiting for someone to take notice. Any wrestler that says just hard work and everything will fall in place is living a fantasy. I can absolutely agree to that in my very, very brief flirtation with this business. The reality is it takes a certain amount of luck. Right time, right place, or whatever you'd like to say. I was fortunate enough to have someone see me at the right time. 
But that goes for anyone, regardless of border issues. It took Eddie Kingston 18 years. Eddie Kingston, one of the most talented guys ever. I love the Canadian scene. I'd like to help get guys like Judas Icarus, Heavy Metal, Tyler Colton, Mark Wheeler, Junior Bonito, etc. noticed. Just use every show as an opportunity. Never phone it in. You'll never know who's watching. In closing, none of this is me complaining. I've made many mistakes that stifled my career's upward trajectory along the way. I was lucky and learned from those mistakes. However, due to those mistakes, I spent 16 years in this community and love it for its good and even bad qualities. Everyone is working hard. People's perspectives of what hard work is may differ. I'm not telling anyone to just work harder. Be honest with yourself and do your best. I always told my students, as long as you try, I can't say shit. Effort is everything. Whether you think that's getting a salad instead of fries or doing the Gotch Bible seven days a week. I'll put my Survivor Series Team Canada against any country. The scene is great. Anyone who says differently is wrong, bitter, or ill-informed. Uh, he also quote tweeted that with a fact. Canada has less wrestling exposure than the United States. Fact. It is a far tougher road to get a far tougher road to getting noticed being a Canadian. I don't care how many subs at Smart Mark, Smart Mark Video has. Uh, fact, we have many bitter members of the community telling up-and-comers it's too hard and you'll never make it. Alexa, uh, Alexia Nicole chimed in. <sighs> if you don't follow this woman, you should do. She's fucking amazing. Uh, it amazes me that some American wrestlers don't see the advantage they have over Canadians. We work just as hard, if not harder, to get our names out there and hope that at least one of the four biggest wrestling companies in the world, all of which are US-based, will see us. And don't even get me started on the career risks some of us have to take, have taken to do American indies. Plenty of US wrestlers have been getting signed right now, and it's really exciting and cool and makes me happy to see. But to dismiss every other wrestler in the world that literally can't travel or wrestle in their own country during a pandemic as being lazy is incredibly dumb. Mike Bailey also chimed in. There are more spots than ever between the major US wrestling companies. Living outside the US is already a big hurdle when it comes to obtaining one, and that is only made worse by the pandemic. But this doesn't mean we aren't quietly working harder and hungrier than ever. Uh, Gabriel Furzer also, I noticed, uh, put out this tweet. This is the last one I will mention. He said, hey, if you want to call it whining or complaining, that's cool. I don't really care, but if someone badmouths Canadian wrestlers, I'll be there to defend them. I care a lot more about my scene in Canadian wrestlers than I do about your opinions of me. Um, they have every right to have a be in their bonnet because a lot of American wrestling fans, even British wrestling fans, won't be able to relate to this because we've got a very powerful scene that makes a lot of money. Although the British independent scene is in tatters at the moment. There isn't that many places to go, but still more than Canada. Um, you need permits. To work. People think, oh, Canada's attached to America. Uh, to put it in context of our British listeners, Scotland is obviously border, nor is the northern border of England, okay? And we also border Wales, as you guys will know. And Northern Ireland is part of Great Britain too. But that's the thing right there. They're part of Great Britain. So you can travel freely between those places and you don't really need a passport. You certainly don't need a permit to work there say the pandemic's gone, right? In a moment's notice, I can jump in my car, go out to Scotland, get a job, find a house, whatever, and live in Scotland. You can't do that if you're American and go to Canada or vice versa. Now, obviously, as an American, you haven't really got to worry because you've got access to all the scenes already. AEW works in America. NXT is in America. There are a multitude of indies who can still work, who still work, you know, GCW has been performing shows. Loads of different companies to work for. Canada also, from what I can tell, 
Carl Wilkinson will probably help me out and have more of an insight in this, has stricter regulations when it comes to COVID-19 and how people operate and work within those parameters. Um, entertainment has kind of... The thing is as well, Canada kind of operates as one unit, whereas America, obviously, with so many different states, each one actually kind of operates themselves. There are different rules in place. There's a lot to this, but... The long and short of it is, after a very long-winded intro, and I apologise for that, ladies and gentlemen, is ultimately that if you're ultimately that if you are a Canadian wrestler, it is tenfold more difficult to get work outside of Canada. And when you are in Canada, there simply isn't the strong scene. And people assume because there are so many world-class Canadian wrestlers that oh, Canada must have you know hundreds of independent promotions it doesn't even have its own nxt or its own wwe format and actually wwe doesn't visit canada nearly as much as you would think it's almost on a par now with how much they visit us in britain and i'll tell you what it would cost a lot more effort and time to get over here and do shows than it would to do say i don't know six or seven roars in canada there aren't opportunities available carl wilkinson you're canadian you're very passionate about the canadian scene like i am even more so we love Joshua Alexander. We love Ethan Page. We love Speedball Mike Bailey, Alexia Nicole. We love so many of these incredible talents. RJ City is a particular fan. You know, we're particularly fans of him as well and his Twitter game. Canada has such a deep-rooted sense of passion and identity in everything that we see in wrestling everywhere across the world, even in places like New Japan. How does it make you feel? And also, um, how would you like to address what you've seen from the wrestlers themselves. I mean, uh, you got, just got to say it. They're right. I mean, I can think of three independent promotions in the province of Ontario provinces or like States for anyone who doesn't know, like we do ha- at each or counties. They, if you're yeah, a they, UK listener. Yeah, they do. We do have like the federal government, obviously like the prime minister, but each does still have, provincial so you know we have a premier and he decides what the province does and our premier now does have ontario shut down i mean most provinces do because we all want to try and bring covid down so of course the travel is going to be difficult and it makes it harder because our province is on total lockdown you go out for emergencies or exercise only like you can't go anywhere no gatherings so especially in Toronto where destiny is based out of well, Mississauga, heaven forbid you mix up the two and the Canadians listening. I'm sorry. There is a difference. Please don't knife me. You're in a scary place. The GTA, the greater Toronto area. It's a really scary place. The GTA. That it's is called the, it's the greater Toronto area. <laughs> As if I couldn't love Canada enough. Now all of a sudden you've got an area called GTA. I'm so happy right now. I reckon there's loads of gazers walking around pretending to be Franklin and Trevor right now. Oh, 100%. Uh, I can't 100%. imagine Canadians taking such umbrage with somebody that they'd stab them. I didn't think that was even plausible. Like that meme I shared of you with um, the Borg. <laughs> we would kindly <laughs> appreciate it if you would allow us to assimilate you. Like <laughs> Canadians are world-renowned for their kindness and their maturity. And I think that maturity shines in all of these people's statements. I'll take Josh Alexander, for example. Oh, my God. He's because... so well-spoken. I, I love you, Josh. Please come on this podcast. Can I just because... say as well, quick aside <laughs> before you get into it, if somehow, if you're a Canadian rest fan, I know that Nails will probably watch this. 
please tag the Canadian wrestlers in our tweets. Please let them know that they are more, we are more than happy to have them on this podcast. Not just because I want to hear them talk about this scene or whatever. I actually love these people and I feel like this is another platform. Even our tiny little pokey audience would love to be exposed to some of their talent. I genuinely love these people. I want to, I want them to know that WrestlePlug is available for them. They can come on here and they can plug their merchandise. They can talk about their careers. They can share their thoughts if they want or don't want to. Ultimately, this podcast is about furthering the development and the exciting careers of wrestlers all around the world, not just big stars. You know, we've been lucky. We've had some decent stars on here, NXT Tag Team Champions, NWA Television Champions. This podcast and this platform is available to everyone and especially Canadian wrestlers. If you want to air grievances, you can, but ultimately I'm more interested in just letting more people know how fucking incredible you are as talents. Please continue, sir. I mean, I could echo those sentiments entirely. I would love to listen to that. And if you don't, if you don't trust me, Kyle will interview, I'm sure. Oh, Christ, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> Just put that on your shoulders. There you go. Kyle's yeah. going to interview Joshua Alexander when he comes on. That'd be terrifying. But again, let's focus on him for a moment. When he says he waited four years for someone to notice, and in that B time, he's wrestled Pete Dunne three times. He's wrestled... People scoff at this, but he's wrestled Marty Skrull at least twice. You know, pre-circumstances, let's call them. Still a high-quality opponent in a high-quality situation, irregardless of what happened afterwards. Yeah, um, he's wrestled, uh, I don't think uh, he's anything but Channing Decker. He's kind of like kind of like a Canadian Mick Foley. He's just mad. Like, he loves all the death matches and stuff. He's great. But I was there at the Destiny show when Scott Demore walked up to Josh Alexander and handed him his first Impact contract. And that was huge. Like, you could see it in Josh's face and everyone, like, we all stood up. We were standing next to the ring. We were slapping the apron. Like, it was such a beautiful, heartfelt moment. But it took a man that talented four years or 16 years, however long he had been wrestling before, to get a shot at one of the big times because i know people don't consider impact you know a big thing which they are fuck off you're wrong because look at the work he's doing now and it's it's unreal that people would think canadians get it easier like sure we do have a great country and all that but our borders to the u.s are shut down there is no cross-border moving right now because of covid so they can't go down to all those like independent shows a lot of them, they have to work second jobs. Josh Alexander, I think, does construction or something. Um, I know a lot of them are doing, like, college, university, school to keep themselves through. And the fact that people would just go, no, it's laziness, frankly, it's just insulting. These people work just as hard, if not harder, just to, if they got the chance to get squashed on a random SmackDown that comes up here, that would be incredible exposure. But you're right, we don't get WWE events. The last one I remember... I think there was a few in 2018, maybe, but like Survivor Series 2016 was in Toronto. You had those two Raws. Didn't you have that Raw where Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens came out and they were heels and everyone went ape shit? And I think that yeah, was those, Montreal. But that's like, yeah, those are in Montreal. In the blue. You'll be lucky if you get one or two Raws a year. And case in point, 
you know, WWE, you know, as a British fan, I'm guaranteed two Raws and two Smackdowns every year because they do a, um, normally do a post-WrestleMania tour and then they also do a, a pre-Survivor Series tour as well. And they always do that every year. So I'm guaranteed probably the same amount of wrestling as you guys are. And when you think about logistically how difficult that is, not saying it's easy to get into Canada, I'm sure WWE has to, you know, deal with certain things. But ultimately, when you're that big a company, you know, doors open much easier for you, let's be yeah. honest. Um yeah, it, it does stun me. It really does. But these people work there. Like Ethan Page's promotion, A1. It's uh, out of Hamilton, I think, which is pretty close to the American border. Check out the YouTube. Also, There's some content on there and some really good stuff as well. Like I remember a triple threat tag match. Um, it was, I remember who they were against because, God, I, I was working midnights at the time and I, didn't sleep and just drove up to Oshawa the next day, which is about an hour away. So, but it, it was Ethan Page, Josh Alexander, and Trent Seven. Trent Seven's been over here numerous times. Tyler Bates been over here numerous times. British Strong Style as a whole has been over to Canada numerous times. Well contracted to NXT or WWE, however you want to look at it. We get so many big names over here, and yet the people they wrestle still don't get a lot of recognition for it, which is, again, I'm I'm sure maybe Trent Seven or someone would be like, hey, you should check this guy out sometime. And they're just like, nah. And I think that's insane. I think WWE especially, I don't think we need an NXT Canada. I mean, I wouldn't say no, but I don't think it's necessary so much. It's just having the people just get noticed. It's, I don't, I don't know how much many times I can say it, man, but it's just, it's mad. It's insulting that people would assume we can just go up and do things like Americans. You're right. Because the four bigger promotions are all in the States. Yeah. You don't need a passport to go from state to state. You just, you can do a whole fucking road trip. If you want to, no one's going to stop you. You try and cross the border, especially right now. No, you can't do it. I don't know. If, personally, I don't know if you need like a work visa to like go from the Canada to the States to wrestle. I don't know that. I'm sure there's probably some. I think because there's. I remember Ty Valkyrie, for instance. I don't know if you remember many moons ago. They had Bound for Glory in Aberdeen. I want to say Aberdeen, somewhere in Canada. There's an Aberdeen in Ontario, is there? I'm not somewhere like that. Either way, it was a Bound for Glory. It was in Canada, and they had Ty Valkyrie versus Rosemary booked. And even though Ty Valkyrie is Canadian, because obviously she has you know, the correct credentials to work in the United States, but not Canada. She couldn't actually cross the border because if she did, she wouldn't be allowed to leave again because of the orders of her visa, her working permit. Um, Similar to now, how things are with the United States and Great Britain. Uh, If I went over to, I can come over to the United States, providing I've got a temporary Esther, not a visa. And what that is, is like a kind of part-time visa. It means I can spend up to 60 days in the United States over the span of two years. However, if I wanted to actually come over to the United States and work, apply a trade, I would need to apply for a correct visa and permit. And what people don't realize is those are expensive. They cost money. Not only that, you have to apply through the state, the government, whatever it might be of that country. And this is the case in a lot of different countries, not everywhere, to be fair, which is why EU and being part of the EU, again, for people who might be listening who are having any interest in Brexit, for instance, one of the big reasons why a lot of us actually didn't want to leave the EU is because of the freedom of movement and the ability to work and work in those. It's now tenfold more difficult if I want to, say, go to Spain and do you know, an apprenticeship over there or something like that. 
because of leaving the EU, ultimately. So, you know, there's a lot of facets to it, not just, get all these dirty poles out of my country, Britain first. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Those people fucking infuriate me. Um, but yeah, ultimately, what people don't realise is it's fucking difficult. You know, Speedball, Mike Bailey, for instance, I know he has spoken numerous times on his social media about how difficult. He even mentioned, I remember, an indie show for Revolution Pro Wrestling over here about, oh, you know, because of obviously being Canadian, it's difficult to kind of work here or there. And, you know, I believe there are PWG shows he had to miss out on or he couldn't attend one of the bowlers because of work permit issues. And that's just a microcosm of what these people have to go. And, you know, I love women's wrestling. Alexia Nicole is not just beautiful, insanely talented, as is, and by the way, um, just so we're being completely gender neutral, Joshua Alexander is fucking beautiful, <laughs> like, he's man crush, um, you know, there's so many talented, freaking insanely talented people, I, I look at Joshua Alexander, Joshua Alexander, and I immediately think, holy shit, I want to see him wrestle every single one of the big British indie talents right now. I'd love to see him come over here and tear it up with guys like Jordan Side. It'd be fucking sick. But of course, that's difficult. It's not easy to try. And ultimately, with a pandemic on, think about it. If they were restricted to, let's say, being generous, a tenth of the opportunities that an American wrestler was, and that's being generous. Think how bad that is. And that's before the pandemic. Think how bad that is now in a pandemic. If it was a tenth of the opportunities of anyone else beforehand, and then you shut down the borders and say, sorry, no entertainment, no real work. You either work from home or you work in a COVID-regulated office, which is essentially what we're doing over here. I'm not sure the ins and outs of Canada, obviously. I leave that up to Kyle. He's in the know more than I am. But ultimately, that leaves nothing or next to nothing. And, you know, Josh Alexander is very lucky. He's very he's one of the lucky ones. And the fact that he's still willing to go on social media irregardless of the fact that he kind of has his own opportunity and he has a place to work in Impact and he has a guaranteed paycheck, the fact that he's still willing to go on Twitter, social media, and say to people, yeah, this is fucked up and we don't get opportunities and I'm going to speak out and I represent this whole fucking scene. That speaks volumes not only about how incredible a human being he is and everyone who around him who works, especially Gabrielle Fuerza, who deserves a lot of love and appreciation for sticking his neck out because let's be honest, social media is full of cretins who always have a fucking shitty on about something and get offended about everything. Alexia Nicole, for instance, I saw some of her replies. Disgraceful. Like wrestling fans who know nothing about how difficult it is. I cannot express to you how difficult it was for a fat piece of shit like me just to train and get a very fleeting experience. I worked, what, five or six matches for three or four different companies. And for me, that was a massive dream come true. And for these people that's magnified a thousand times. And these are people who have put in tenfold the years and the effort that I ever could dream of putting in. And when I think how difficult it is just to do an international, you know, or work a 10 minute match, or, you know, I, I got to work a 15 minute match with a guy called Freak Show, amazing wrestler, love this guy, huge fan of his. And to this day, definitely the best match I ever had. And I think about what went into that and how much he looked after me to pull all that responsibility on someone in the Canadian scene and not have even an ounce of respect and understanding for how difficult that is, you are a fucking idiot if you think otherwise. If you think they're just having a little jolly and having a little moan, you try being in that scenario. And it's very easy for people to say, yeah, well, get a real job. Where are the jobs? Where are the fucking jobs? This doesn't just represent Canada. This is the world right now. For instance, I can't get a job. I lost my job. 
You know, I was made redundant in my last one. There are no job opportunities. There's nothing here. And ultimately, if companies aren't going to fucking be paying people to come in and work, they're sure as hell not going to pay new people to come in and start a new job. It's fucking awful around the world. And to say to these Canadian wrestlers, who are some of the best in the world at what they do, yeah, um, we just think you're having a whinge. Be quiet. Fuck you. Fuck you. Try and put yourself into that position. Try and understand how difficult that would be. I can tell you something as my final point. It's not fucking easy. It's not fucking plausible. And frankly, these people are still, the majority of which I know are probably still working full-time jobs and trying to keep their dreams alive. When frankly, most of authority in this world right now has no choice but to step on the necks of their dreams until we can get back to a sense of normality. I mean... I wish I'd gone to Josh Alexander's school when it was still open. I would have loved to learn under this guy, but hearing these people say how difficult it is, especially Josh Alexander, who's done it for like 16 years, does it kind of shy me away from wanting to ever try it? A little. It does, because you look at AEW, for example, and I know you've talked about it before and how it's not always the best, but they always are bringing people in mm. just to give them a trial run, just to see what they can do. When the borders open up, why not give some of these Canadian guys a chance? If you think it doesn't work out, fine, whatever. But they need the exposure. They need the chance. And the fact that they aren't getting them is, I don't know, I've said it a hundred times, but I just, I can't find other words to say it other than insulting because I love being a Canadian wrestling fan. I love going to my destiny shows. I love going to, the A1 shows, the shows in a place called Barry, which is about four hours north of me. I've driven five and a half, six hours to our version of Windsor, because I know you guys have one. But I've driven there just to watch Josh Alexander and Holden Albright. I mean, it also had Tommy Dreamer, and you know, you're going to go meet Tommy Dreamer. But I still drove. Who's the Indiana, five... jo- Who's the Indiana- um, Rock? What's his name? Um, the Indiana Jones guy. Oh, um, Stone Rockwell. Is he Canadian? Yep. Why is he not getting mentioned? He's fucking... I love that guy. By the way, man crush like He's well fit. I, I think, <laughs> I think he's in WWE in some capacity. Like, oh, really? Because yeah. I saw him like at NXT and stuff. But yeah, I haven't seen Stone yeah, Rockwell. Adventurer. Yeah, he is. He's he's amazing. <laughs> he's got that gimmick nailed on as well. I love him. He's so insane. And that's the thing. A Canadian came up with that gimmick. No one else before him thought, do you know what? I could be the adventurer. I could be the Indiana Jones of professional wrestling. It sounds so simple on paper, but it requires a great deal of creative mindset to be able to pull that off. And when you mention AEW and AEW, I've got to be honest, I'm kind of tired. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy for all these people, but I'm kind of tired of seeing the same bullshit format every week from AEW. Here's AEW Dark. Here's our regulars. Here's them jobbing out a shitload of guys who may have great potential. And pretty much all of them bar a small fraction, are American. They are. And I understand why that is, especially in the COVID-19 era, because ultimately, you're not going to try and cheat the system, break the law. And, you know, Alexia Nicole, for instance, mentioned that in her tweets. Some of these people have risked going over the border. Please check out uh, The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana, even if you're not a big fan of his. Some of his previous podcasts years ago, he spoke to guys like uh, (sighs) Truth Martini, you know, a guy who worked in... um, Uh, Ring of Honor, and a multitude of other guys who have had to kind of hide in trunks and try and break, you know, fucking customs to get over the border into Canada. 
it's a proper border, ladies and gentlemen. It's not like when I drive to Scotland and I might see some geezer in a kilt and a, sh- and a fucking sheep and I'll be like, you're all right, lads. And be like, hey, nice to meet you, lads. Like, that's, that's all you're going to get as a fucking, you know, say hello crossing the border because there's no fucking border patrol there. Nobody's stopping, hey, fucking fuck off your bastards. <laughs> like they should do, really, ultimately, with the way the English act. But, you know, and the same with Wales. I can drive into Wales and it costs me like five quid <laughs> to go over the bridge. And it's, that's it. And then you're, and you're in. <laughs> I don't think you even pay to get in. I think you just pay to get out. It's like Wales are trying to hold us in there. But I, I cannot stress to you enough. This is a proper border. This I've been, I've is- been to the American border. It's like you don't fuck with border control. Yeah, no, you don't. You you don't. Like I took my sister down. She had a boyfriend in the states. It's a whole thing. But I was taking her down to meet him, and then coming back. And one part of me, he's like, "So what's your first for coming down?" Part of me wanted to go. You know, I'm just taking my sister down to see her boyfriend. And then the other part of me said, you know, just taking a trip because I thought maybe they think I'm doing some sort of weird human trafficking. You don't make that joke at border control because then you don't Get go out anywhere. Of car, please, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to search the car, please. Cavity <laughs> search in it, baby. Yeah, no, this it's exactly the same as when you're in the airport. And believe and trust me, look at me, right? Don't fuck with the ladder, dude. Imagine how much fun I have at the airport. <laughs> So, you know, I still remember landing in Chicago when I went to Washington and they were like, who are you? I was like, um, you know, and I showed them my passport for anyone who knows my real name. It's a very heavy Egyptian name. And, you know, I, I showed them it and they were like, okay, cool. Step aside, please. And they go through this process. Sign this, please. Register this. And I had a very beautiful young woman who was a, you know, kind of a, a customs agent of sorts. And she did not have a sense of humor. <laughs> And why would she? <laughs> because she's probably, and she's armed as well. And she's just like, um, what's your nature of business? I was like, well, I'm over here to see wrestling. And she just looked at me. So she just went, are you a wrestler? I was like, well, I'm training to be one, yes. Great. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Jesus. like the icy nature of it. Because these people don't have time to have a sense of humor. Because ultimately, there are too many people that are very fucking dangerous who could make their life really fucking difficult. So they haven't got time to make jokes. And I'm sure they want to go home and make a joke. And I'm sure at a push, she would probably love to smile and laugh in her job. But it's fucking difficult. And they're under a lot of stress. And I can tell you for a fact that those people are horrendously underpaid as well. And all of this factors in. And the reason I mention all of this is because this is what a Canadian wrestler is going to have to go through on a day-to-day basis just to work for, let's be honest, peanuts, the old hot dog and handshake. And that's another thing in our business that needs to fuck off. You need to start paying everybody, regardless if they're a trainee or not. They must have some form of compensation for what they're doing. Not, yeah, well, you're getting exposure, innit? Mm, exposure doesn't buy the milk, doesn't buy the groceries. It doesn't pay the fucking bills. Mm, exposure tastes great when I'm fucking impoverished. Fuck off. If you're a professional company, you goddamn well pay people to work for you. doesn't matter if you're a pokey little British indie or a massive conglomerate like WWE or AEW. You fucking well pay everybody who is on your dime because ultimately they're doing work for you, not the other way around. Exposure doesn't pay jack shit. And Canada is the finest example of that. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Any closing words, Mr. Wilkinson? No, I think... I mean, I can't be here all night just <laughs> defending and complaining about it. So <laughs> we might no, have to go I, live, but you can. Yeah, really. No, just it's another one of those just 
at this point, all I can really do is, you know, plead, give these guys and girls a chance. We are such a passionate community of wrestlers, wrestling fans, promoters, like George Iceman of Destiny is an incredible guy. Incredible guy. Always, whenever I'm there, whenever regulars are there, he always makes, he comes up, like shakes your set, shakes your hand, says, thanks for coming. How are you? And you can sit there and talk to the guy. We need these people to be, like they've already said, we need the exposure. We need them. They don't need to prove themselves. They've done that already. They just need the chance. Yeah, as a final point before we wrap things up, um, here's a few social media handles. If you are watching this, if you don't already follow them, please follow them. At Fuerza S2 Papi. That's F-U-E-R-Z-A-E-S-T-U-P-A-P-I on Twitter. That's, of course, Gabriel Fuerza. Um, you can follow him quite easily, and frankly, there's no excuse why you shouldn't be able to. Uh, Joshua Alexander is, of course, at walking under slash weapon. You can find Ethan Page, all legal Ethan Page. He's available. Um, it's Alexia Nicole. At it's Alexia Nicole. She's also available on social media. <sighs> Speedball Mike Bailey is at Speedball Bailey. Uh, B- Bailey is spelt B-A-I-L-E-Y. There is a multitude of people. If you want more, please ask, and I will happily share them all. All those people have uh, cartels, or not literal cartels, obviously, big cartel shops. Uh, they have um, a multitude of different merch that might be available. Please check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Not for our stuff, for their stuff. <laughs> because ultimately, they are all available. The majority of them have shops on there, and that might be their biggest source of income. And I know people might say, oh, yeah, well, I'm having it tough too. Yeah, but if you've got a full-time job, or you've got it pretty cushy, and you're not living out of your fucking car just for a hot dog and a handshake, then maybe you don't truly understand how difficult it is to be a wrestler. I am never, ever, ever, especially as an independent artist myself, who literally relies solely on the income of my commissions right now to live, you know, I understand how difficult that is. I know how fucking tough that is to live that life. And I've been living it for the last two years because ultimately I believe in myself. And that's what these people have to do. And even I'm probably afforded more opportunities than they will get. And they are tenfold the wrestlers in terms of looks and work ethic than I'll ever be. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and act as if I'm some sort of New Japan undergraduate or anything like that. No, just some fat guy who worked incredibly hard at training and was luckily afforded a few opportunities solely because I stuck my neck in the right doors. And that's ultimately what wrestling is about. I'll be honest with you. I never got booked because I was a great wrestler. I got booked because people were like, you're that guy from the podcast. You want to wrestle? <laughs> that's pretty much why. And I'm not going to sit, but I earned those opportunities, I like to think. And I worked hard for those in training too. It's a difficult fucking life for all of us. So try and have a bit of compassion. Um, that's pretty much it for the State of Wrestling Address. We'll leave it there. Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for joining me to discuss all of the week's wrestling topics. Uh, hopefully, Carl will be back next week. Kind of depends whether he can be asked to you know, turn up for work, innit? <laughs> hey, better me than Miller. That's very, very true. Fuck off, Miller. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Look at Miller lording over us with his real job. What a cretin. Um, he works for Amazon as well. So, you know, he's part of the corporation now. He's scum. Thank uh, Jeff Bezos, dick. That's yeah, it. but he's not an independent contractor, is he? Fuck you, Miller. Oh, dear. Leave us a comment below if you did watch this, Miller, you cretin. But yeah, ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to support your local independent promotions as always. Thank you very much for watching. We're very close to 200 subscribers when we hit 200 subscribers i will be giving away 
Some free merch, possibly a pot vinyl, possibly a t-shirt, maybe a free piece of wrestling art. Maybe you'd like me to paint or draw you as somebody. There you go. There's an example, just so you guys have an idea of what my art is all about. And obviously you can check me out on social media. The links are available in the uh, YouTube descriptions. Carl Wilkinson has a Twitter. I believe it's still at xcarl under slash Wilkinson because he's an edge lord. <laughs> so uh, uh, please check him out on Instagram, Instagram. I think Instagram, Instagram as well. I think that, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the same. Though the Instagram is private, but, you know, you it, guys are cool. It kind of has to be nowadays. People are so cretinous. Honestly, sometimes I feel like just deleting it all. We have a WrestlePlug Facebook page, Twitter account, Instagram. It's all at WrestlePlug. You can find us very easily. Please continue to interact with our content. But most importantly, we're really striving hard to provide free and entertaining content on our YouTube channel. All you got to do is click subscribe. That's it. And then if you're feeling extra frisky, you can click on the bell icon. That will give you a notification of all of our content going forward. And as a return for your loyalty, and your kindness we shall be giving away free stuff for every 100 subscribers so spread the word let your friends know that's your job from the wrestle plug for the week find one person you think hey you might like listening to this insanely fat arab guy on youtube and you might like his diabetic friend carl wilkinson so check us out we are the commonwealth ladies and gentlemen and we will be a tag team coming to you one day um i will join you whenever alexander decides that he wants to start training people again you know when covid lifts i would give honestly anything and i'd be more than happy to sell what i have to travel to canada just to train under his tutelage not even to become a wrestler just because the opportunity to work and listen to somebody like that is so important. Um, from myself, Aaron Nix, and from Carl Wilkinson, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll catch you very soon for more content from the Russell Blog.